Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. We're going to look at the 54th Psalm. Now, it's a prayer of David, and if you read the Psalms, you should take note of something. David has a pattern that he generally goes through when he's writing, and he begins with all the, all the issues and everything that's going on, comes to a conclusion, and then begins to do something else. And we're going to look at that tonight. And so this is just one that kind of represents what he normally does. Now, before we get into it, let me give you some background to this psalm, some background. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, we read this story of what's happening. It, news comes to David, the Philistines are Kalah, stealing grain from the threshing floors, and David says, Lord, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Should I go and attack them? What, what, what's, your, what's your pleasure? And God says, yes, go get them, go take care of it. But David's men said, we're afraid, we're afraid even here in Judah. Now that gives you a little clue there because David is of the tribe of Judah, isn't he? And so he says he's kind of in his homeland there. We don't want to go fight them. We don't want to go fight the army. How many of you understand that sometimes what God wants you to do and what people want you to do isn't the same? right? I mean, it's just not. So what does David do? He goes back to God. He says, Lord, here I am. What do you want? God says, I want you to go. I want you to conquer the Philistines. Verse 5, David goes. They slaughter him. They take all of the Philistines' livestock, and they rescue the people of the town. Great story. But a few verses later, down into verse 19, But now the men of Ziph went to Saul. Now, we're in the same area. We're in the same location. David's helped these people. He's taken care of these people. He's protected these people. But some of these people go to Saul and Gilbreth, and they betrayed David to him. Sometimes the very people you help betray you, right? The very people you've tried to befriend, the very people you've tried to do something for, They don't stay true to you. We know where David's hiding. They said, you know, he's in the strong hand of a horse and and on the hill of Hakala. And it's the southern part of this area. And why don't you come down whenever you're ready and king and we'll catch him and hand him over to you. And so David gets word of all of this. He knows what's going on. Here he is doing something that God wanted him to do to betray. He delivers them. He helps them. And in the very next moment, he's being betrayed and turned over to the king who's good at killing. Wow. Life's kind of like that sometimes, isn't it? So what does David do? So this psalm is a result of that passage. It's written off of this, this story in, in 1 Samuel 23. So it's David going to God. God, you've seen what's happening. This is what's going to take place. And it's written kind of as a song to be played on a harp. That's what David did. So let me break it down for you. Let's look at it verse by verse, a little pattern, and then we're going to put it into practice. First of all, David's predicament. I gave you that one free. I didn't want you to have to spell it. David's predicament. Here's what he said. Verse 1, come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. 
God, I'm in a difficult place. Things are not going well. I'm going to be turned over to the king. I'm being betrayed. Come and rescue me. You see, if you want God to help you, you have to go to a place where you're going to be honest with him about what's going on in your life. What you see, what you think, what you believe. Well, what if I don't see things right? Well, you probably don't, but God knows that, doesn't he? I have to go to God with the bare facts, with the hard truth. God, here's what's taking place. Here's what's happening. Defend me. Rescue me. I'm in trouble. I need your help. That's a great place to start. And David starts there often in his Psalms. So he just lays it out. God, here's what's happened. Here's where I'm at. Here's where I see myself. Tell him the truth. God can handle the truth. Secondly, David's prayer. So once he says that, once he does that, once he gives that to God, notice what he says. Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea. <laughs> Lord, I'm going to tell you what I need. I'm going to tell you what's going on, and I am asking for you to help me. I'm asking for you to listen to me. The word plea oftentimes means somebody coming in a humble state making a plea for something. God, here I am. This is my prayer. I'm going to give it to you. I, need, uh, I know you're listening. I just need to reinforce it to myself to know and remind myself again, whenever I pray, God always hears. God, listen to my prayer. Listen to me as I say it. Here I am. Here's what's going on. Here's what's needed. Verse 3, David's problem. So now he said before, God, I'm in a desperate place. I'm in a horrible place. God, this is my predicament and what I'm in. God, listen as I come to you and give to you all the things that are going on. And now he gets down at the heart of it. Strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. Now, you're maybe not in this deep of a place. Hopefully, you're not going to go to God and say, God, people are trying to kill me. Although I know some people think people are. But you've got to be honest with him and say, God, here's where I'm at. Here's what people are doing. Here's what's being said. Here's where my situation lies. Here's the struggle that I'm having. Here's the need that I see. God, I'm at a place where, you know, I, I, I got this, this money issue, and God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. God, I need your help. I'm desperate here. God, I'm having a hard time in this relationship. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know how to fix it. God, I need you to listen to me and to help me. God, here's my prayer and here's what I'm calling you to do. God, I'm not feeling well. I've got this issue physically. God, I need your help. I need your touch. I need you to take care of me. You go to God with the truth. Now, the crazy thing is I have known people over the years that have a desperate need and they don't tell anybody, even God. Well, I don't want to bother you. I don't want anybody to know. I, I, you know God, it's okay. I'll get through this. Our self-reliance, our independence will hinder us from getting from God what we need. 
And so David, in essence, throws himself on the mercy of God. He gets very special. And notice what he says. They don't care anything about you. God, these are ungodly people. Notice what they're doing. Notice what's going on. God, I need your help. So when you go to God, you lay it all on the table. You be openly honest. You be brutally truthful. God, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm sensing. Here's what I'm seeing. Oh, but what if I'm not seeing it right? What if, you, you, may, you probably aren't, but that's okay. And so David does that. God, here's what's going on. God, I'm in this predicament. God, you see what's happening here. And Lord, you know, I, I, I want you to listen to me. Here's what's happening. I need you and I need your help and I need it soon. And then verse 4 suddenly shifts. Again, David does it frequently. It's David's perception. Now notice, he says all of that. He says, this is what's there, this is what's there. He tells everything that he's seen. But notice what he says in verse 4. But, (laughs) God, everything's going south. Everything's horrible. Everything's beyond my control. Everything's not good. But, God is my helper. They're trying to kill me. But the Lord keeps me alive. You see, you can focus on your problems a lot. But you need to at some point turn your focus from the problem to God. Because if you don't, your problems will eat your lunch. They'll swallow you up. They'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, woe is me. Oh, how horrible it is. You know, how difficult it is. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I don't know how I can overcome this. I don't know how I can fight this. God, these people are after me. This person's doing this. They're doing this. They're doing this. God, I can't handle this. But, God, you're my helper. You see, it's one thing to believe God. It's one thing to cry out to God. It's another thing to believe that he's going to help you. Isn't there? You know, God, God, I hope you can help me. (laughs) No, 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 no. The Lord is my helper. He keeps me alive. He'll take care of me. He'll help me. Because, you see, in prayer, when you go to prayer, you need to be honest with what you see. You don't need to pretend that nothing's there. But at some point, you've got to stop and turn your attention from what's going on, from the difficulties that are there, and get your attention back on where your attention needs to be. But God is my helper. Things are really horrible. Things are really desperate. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Everything's just, oh, it's just, I hear this, I hear this, I see this. Oh, man, the world's in chaos. Oh, people are doing this, and people are saying this, and people are acting like this, and people are going here. But God's my helper. You see the difference? A lot of people never make that transition. God, you see how bad it is? Oh, God, it's so horrible. God, please help me. God, it's so bad and so horrible. God, please help me. God, it's so bad. Would you stop? You've told God what's going on. You've admitted that it's there. Now, you remain focused 
on your problem or someone who's greater than your problem, your call. And David makes that choice. And when you focus on your problem, your problem becomes greater. But when you focus on God, God becomes greater. And God becomes bigger. And David's really good at this as he writes the Psalms. You'll hear him saying, oh, God, they're doing this, and God, they're saying this, and they're wanting to kill me, and God, they're after me. And they were. But he always comes back to a place where he says, but God, you're in control. God, you've, you've got this. God, you know what's going on. So he comes to the, the right perception of God's my helper. The Lord will take care of me. He'll protect me. He'll help me. You have to believe that with all of your heart. Verse 5, God's promises. God's promises. Notice what he says in verse 5. May the evil plans of my enemy turn, be turned against them. Do as you promised and put an end to them. God, you said you were going to take care of me. Your promise says you're going to provide for me. Your promise says you're going to heal me. Your promise says you're going to meet the need of my life. Your promise says you'll protect me. God, I believe in your word. I believe in what you've promised to do. God, I can say with confidence that you're my helper because you promised to do that. I'm not making this up. I'm not grasping at straws. I'm at a place where, God, I know that you're able to do what I can't do, and I believe you will take care of me because you have promised you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. You have promised that you're going to work things out for good. You've promised that you'll see me through this. You've promised you'll give me the strength to handle this. You have promised you're going to do this. I will stand on that promise. You're my helper. I believe that because you've said it. And I, with confidence, then look to you. I don't have to get sh my knees all shaky and everything. All the stuff's going on, but God, you're greater, and you've promised. And then David's praise. Key point. Key point. Verse 6. I will sacrifice. <laughs> Sometimes when you're going to tell God how great he is, it's a sacrifice, isn't it? I will sacrifice a voluntary. No one's holding a gun to my head. No one's making me do this. Of my own free will, God, this is what I want to do. I will give you a voluntary offering to you, a sacrifice to you. What is it? The writer talks about a sacrifice of praise, doesn't he? I will praise your name, O Lord, for it, your name, is good. It is good. One of the best ways that you, to prove that you believe God will help you is to praise Him, to give Him praise. Well, do I give Him praise or I do give Him worship? Let me give you a little distinction between the two. It's minor. It's not a big deal. But worship has to do with we come into this church. It's a place of worship, and we worship. But tomorrow morning when you wake up and go to your job, you worship. You are to live a life of worship. Worship is not just something you do when you're at church. Worship is the way that you live. Our life is a life of worship to God, giving Him honor, giving Him glory for who He is and for who I am, and I'm His. 
And I will worship him in the way that I talk. I will worship him in the way that I act. I will worship him with every moment of my life. Praise is a very specific way that I give praise to God for who he is. It's a song sometimes. It's a, of words that I say. It's giving God praise. It's exalting him. It's making him bigger. And say, David says, look, I'm going to sing when I don't feel like it. You ever walked into a church service, not felt like it? Not felt like singing? Not felt like, you know, oh man, rotten day, rotten week, rotten time. You know, you, you got up, you got in the car and had a big argument on the way to church. And you're ticked off at whoever was in the car with you. And by default, you're ticked off at everybody else as well. And you walk in, well, I want to be real. I don't want to be hypocritical. <laughs> What's hypocritical about giving God praise and telling him how great he is? There's nothing hypocritical in that. Because it's the truth, isn't it? God's character isn't determined by my circumstances. God's greatness, God's goodness has nothing to do with what I'm going through. Because God is always great. God is always good. God is always faithful. God will always take care of us. And so I sing to God. Well, I'm not a good singer. Well, have a song in your heart then. You know, what's, uh, sing whatever comes to your mind. Just give God praise. Maybe it's not a song. Maybe you just start quoting scripture. But David here specifically, he's writing a song. We know that. He says, God, I'm going through this. People are after me. They're trying to kill me. I've done what's good. I've helped them and they've turned their back on me. And God, what do I get in return? I get them kind of hunting me down and Saul's still trying to kill me. And God, it just looks horrible and I'm tired of it. But God, <laughs> you're my helper. You will keep me alive. You'll take care of me. The enemy can do whatever he wants. But here's what I'm going to do, God. In the midst of this time, in this dark time, in this hard time, I am going to give you praise. Because you deserve it, and I need it. And praise helps me remind myself where my focus needs to lie. Praise keeps me where I need to be with God. I believe you're going to help me. I'm going to sing to you and declare your goodness no matter what goes on in my life. Because God, you're faithful. God, I trust in you. God, you're going to help me. God, I don't need to look at all the issues anymore. I just need to keep finding my rest and my peace in you. And I give you praise because you are worthy. Now notice what he's doing. He's giving God praise before his problem is dealt with, isn't he? You should praise God after he answers your prayer, correct? But you also should praise God before he answers your prayer. Because he's worthy of praise no matter what, no matter when. And so David says, look, I'm going to praise you. I will sacrifice to you. God, I don't feel like it, but I'll do it anyway. 
I don't feel like raising my hands, but I'll do it anyway. I don't feel like singing today, but I'll do it anyway. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about God. And David comes to that place. This is what it is. And then finally, God has proved faithful. He ends this chapter in verse 7. For you have rescued me from my troubles and helped me to triumph over my enemies. What's he doing? He's looking at the past, isn't he? God, you've been faithful in the past. You've taken care of me before. Your promises have been validated time and time and time again. God, you're not new with this. God, this isn't something I've never seen. God, you are the one that I can look back on and know you're faithful. Because I hope every one of us in the room, if you've served God any length of time, there's times in your life when you've gone through some really hard stuff and got out of it, and maybe a month, maybe a year later, you look back and say, I don't know how God took care of that, but he did. I don't know how this got answered, but God took care of it. I don't understand how things turned out, but God, you were faithful. And in the midst of that, God, I'm doing this because you're God, because you've made the promise, and because I know from my time with you that you are faithful in everything you do. And you've been faithful in the past, you will be faithful today, and you will be faithful tomorrow. And I can trust you in the midst of all of this. So what's the pattern? Here's the sequence that David often goes through. And when you read the Psalms, you can kind of notice it. He, he goes from trouble to trust to triumph. God, here's the trouble, but I'm going to trust you and you will help me triumph. Or put another way, here's the problem. I'm going to give you, I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to depend on you. And I'm going to praise you before anything else happens. Because I know you're going to be faithful. And when it's done, I'll praise you even more. And that's a great way to pray, isn't it? That you and I can come to God. We can give to him our needs. We can talk to him. God, here's where I'm going through. Here's what I'm dealing with. God, I'm kind of angry. God, I'm kind of afraid. God, I see this going on. God, I'm uncertain about this. And God, you know what I'm feeling with it right now. And so God, I'm coming to you because you're my anchor. You're the one that will take care of me. And I'm going to trust in you. And God, in the midst of that, I'm going to declare your greatness and your goodness because you are faithful and will be faithful in the days ahead. So I hope you believe that. So I thought before we go tonight, we'd kind of put this into practice. That we'd take a few moments, maybe just put your notes aside or whatever, and whatever, however you're comfortable, would you just take a few moments and just, God, here's what I'm dealing with right now, and here's where I'm going through, and here's where I'm at. I admit it, I recognize it, and I want to give it to you. And God, you're the one I'm going to trust. You're the one that's going to take care of me. You're going to be faithful. Would just do that for a moment? Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. 
If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.